Welcome to Keeping Balance, the podcast that brings the lived experiences of our health and fitness journeys to the forefront as we dive deep into the many nuances of what wellness and balance is. I'm your host, Courtney Babilia, a fitness nurse, business owner, and mom of two. And if you want to feel heard and gain wisdom on your path to aligning physical fitness with mental health and joy as a woman, then you're in the right place. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. We have got some stuff to talk about. I have updates, so many updates. Okay, so if you haven't listened to the last episode, highly recommend that as a prerequisite for what we're going to be talking about. Um, So as I have shared, I found out that I have Hashimoto's and I'm tackling this from a root cause perspective. We are just doing all of the things, digging into my body, figuring out what the F is going on. And this has been so interesting, so eye-opening. I have learned so many things about my body. It's absolutely cray. So um, last time we spoke, I was just getting some blood tests back and figuring out kind of like all the puzzle pieces that exist. Um... Well, not all of them because I hadn't gotten my talk screen back yet, but um, I since got more information and I have been diving into some protocols and I just want to share really quickly what that's looked like and where I am now. And then I want to talk to you about something that's been coming up for me lately in this whole health journey, which is like understanding and accepting the different chapters that I've been in in my health journey and the evolution of those chapters from eating disorder and being deep into an eating disorder to where I am now and being able to approach food from a different perspective that has no iota of disordered thinking in it but could be could be triggering for someone who is still in an eating disorder. It's going to make more sense when we talk about it in a little bit, but first those health updates. Okay, so um, we discovered that I had some stuff going on with my thyroid, but when you get a Hashimoto's diagnosis, it's not an end point. That is, that's not the end. That is a pretty big symptom, which means you got to figure out where it's coming from. So I got my talk screen back and I discovered that my body is pretty much riddled with toxic black mold. Where did it come from? We don't know for sure. I haven't tested my home, but a very likely suspect is the house we lived in in Oklahoma when we were on on base military housing. We only lived there for five months or so, but if you know anything about military housing, I mean, like, say less, right? It is just the absolute worst. It is notorious for being just a abysmal um, in terms of living conditions. We lived in kind of like a condo thing. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just this big building. We lived on the top level and it was a 100-year-old building. <laughs> okay, and we even had to sign a waiver to live there because they still had lead paint. Like, God knows what else was in there, but we did have this recurring leak in the kitchen and it took forever to maintenance for maintenance to get there. And when they finally did, they just painted over it. It was just a disaster. So I am very suspicious of uh, the military (laughs) forgiving or exposing me to toxic black mold because uh, it's called stachybotrys. That is the species that I'm dealing with and that is known for living in buildings and things like that. So Number one is the mold. Number two, we got some heavy metals going on. Um, So that's probably from water, food, 
Uh, it's unlikely that I've been like exposed to some bizarre source of heavy metals, even though one of the metals I tested positive for, it can be, you can be exposed to it through working with x-ray machinery. Yes, I worked in a hospital for four years, but I wasn't an x-ray tech or anything like that. So who knows? Who knows? But I've got some heavy metals going on. I also have insanely high levels of DMD. TP? Yes, that is a metabolite of pesticides. And wouldn't you know it, I live right next door to Big Ag. <laughs> like, Big Ag is my neighbor. What up? Um, we're on the border where we live of Tennessee and Kentucky. And when we go for walks, we, while we live in Tennessee, we go for walks into Kentucky. It's 30 seconds away from our house. And once we kind of like cross that threshold, I mean, it is such a stark difference between the two communities. It is nothing but cornfields, wheat fields, and soy fields. And it's sort of like Amish territory out there. Um, We've seen them spray. We know they spray. And wouldn't you know it, I have insanely like off the charts it couldn't even quantify how much I had in my body because they didn't measure that high. It went off the charts. So huge exposure there. So long story short, a lot of different things going on in my body, a lot of different um, things for my immune system to have to handle. Hence why my thyroid is like, what if? (laughs) Uh, Peace out. So we're going to be tackling so many things. Me and my practitioners at Kroll & Co., um, they've started me on this very comprehensive protocol. And we first started off with a straight month of uh, basic mineral support, mitochondrial support, and opening up drainage pathways. Drainage pathways meaning the way, the the routes through which your body excretes things it needs to excrete. Uh, also known as detoxing. Now, that word can be so triggering. And it is a controversial word, which I have no idea why, but I think it's because diet culture messed it up for all of us. Once again, thanks diet culture. Um, Because we think of detox and we automatically think of really like cheap things that just give you diarrhea and they're marketed to you as a way to lose weight and look skinny in three days, whatever. Um, That's not what detox is in this context. Detox here is truly detoxifying the things that we are supposed to be doing on our own without any extra support, but we just have way too much of a burden on our systems right now to be able to do that without support, hence needing the extra, the extra stuff, the extra liver support. And do not come at me and say, oh, you're on a detox. That must mean that um, you don't realize you have a liver, right? Or you don't, you realize you've got kidneys to do that for you, right? Yes, obviously. (laughs) But Uh, Under normal circumstances, our body should not be trying to detox heavy metals and DMDTP and mold in these insanely high levels at the same time. We're going to need some help. And when all of those things are are on our body to take care of, guess what's pushed to the back burner? Things like estrogen detoxification. And so other symptoms are coming up like acne and um, energy and mood instability. I don't need to be ragey, okay? I want all of this under control. So yes, I am, I guess, quote unquote, doing a detox, but it is not the kind of detox you're probably thinking of. This is not a diet culture detox. This is a like true uh, root cause medicine approach. All right, just wanted to clear that up, okay? Because I hate that. I hate that comeback of you have a liver. Yes, yes, I know. And I'm gonna support it the best that I can because it's trying to take care of a lot right now. So anyways, 
straight month of some really basic support, um, nutritional changes. You know what else has been a big thing for me is uh, switching or shifting my boundaries in parenthood. I know this sounds crazy, but I've actually tried <laughs> tried to normalize taking care of myself while the kids are awake. And if you don't have kids, you're probably like, um, what? But if you have kids, you get it. When you're the mom, when you're the stay-at-home mom, you've got multiple little ones to take care of, you're often like the last one on the list because your kids are very needy and they need things all the time. (laughs) And so before you know it, your lunches turn into peanut butter and jelly crusts and your hygiene gets, you know, it's fine. I can just, I won't shower for the fourth day in a row. It's fine. But I've been making some very intentional shifts, which is making a huge difference teaching my kids that it's normal and expected that I get, I don't want to say equal treatment, but am equally deserving of the self-care that I need. And that benefits everybody. So it's things like, okay, mommy's going to take a shower. I'll be out in 10 minutes. What do you need before I get in the shower? And they're old enough now that I can do that. So obviously there are certain boundaries and certain things that you have to consider around their age and their development, but and safety, all that stuff. But they're old enough now that I can trust that I can be in the shower for 10 minutes and no one's going to die. <laughs> okay. So that's been a huge one. Also like, all right, I'm going to go start lunch now and it's going to take me 20 minutes and I'm putting my food on the plate at the same time as I'm putting their food on the plate. Like what? Having real meals, like actual meals, not crusts, not crumbs, not scraps. And I didn't realize just how much I was neglecting my nutrition until I started working with these practitioners and I had done like a three-day food journal. And my practitioner, Lexi, she was like, okay, overall, this looks great, but girl, what's going on with lunch? <laughs> I was like, oh, what do you mean? Um, a couple crackers and some roast beef scraps isn't going to cut it? I mean, I knew. But if if you're wondering why your energy is low or other, you know, mystery things, quote unquote, just take a look at your meals. Are you really eating enough? I always preach this to women is eat more, eat more, eat more. We should not be even trying to attempt getting close to 1,200 calories even 1,500 calories, 1,800 calories, like let's get up to that 2,000 range and beyond before we can start complaining about having low energy. I preach that all the time. And there I was trying to survive off of scraps for, for lunch. I mean, I got breakfast and dinner down, but lunch was a huge gap, massive gap. And just feeling that in alone has made a big, big difference. So anyways, big boundaries around parenthood, and self-care and just those little switches have been, um, I mean, yeah, it's been great. So those were the main things. Now, once I, once I finished that month of foundational stuff, I got moved into a parasite protocol and parasites. I'm going to preface this with saying, this is not my expertise. I know some stuff, but I am not the expert in parasites, really, truly. But I trust the order of operations that my practitioners have set in motion and I'm following this and I'm trusting it. Why get rid of parasites? Because, well, first of all, er everyone's got parasites, literally everyone. It's part of living on planet Earth. We are all living in, hopefully, harmony. But 
we're a very diverse landscape. And part of that landscape within our bodies are parasites. Everyone's got them. So why do I want to get rid of them is because they can live for a long, long, long time. And when you've got all of these other things going on, stacking on top of each other for your immune system to handle, then the parasites can start to be problematic and start to cause symptoms. And parasites hold on to a massive amount of things like mold and heavy metals, and they feed off of your iron stores. So we noticed in my blood work that my ferritin was low, despite my iron intake being more than sufficient. So that's a huge clue that there are some things in my body that are really happy and really well fed, but it's starting to not be a mutually beneficial relationship between me and the worms. So they got to go. So I've been taking some very intense things from Cellcore Biosciences. You can only get these things through a practitioner. I would never recommend that anybody go about killing parasites and getting rid of them on their own. Um, That's the only reason why I am, am saying this because I am working with a practitioner. So I'm not trying to sell you some parasite cleanse formula. No thanks. I wanted to do this really closely with a practitioner um, because again, this is not my expertise. So I've been on this for about a week. I have seen some very bizarre and very alarming and very disturbing things in the toilet, okay? That's all I'm gonna say about that. But we're gonna be doing this this phase for a couple of weeks and then we'll move into things like mold. And the reason, you know, when I first shared that I came up positive for mold, everyone was like, okay, so what are you gonna start taking? And again, there is an order of operations. We gotta take this step by step. We're not gonna do more damage to my body trying to kill this stuff off. We've gotta take it in baby steps. So again, trusting the process, but this has been really interesting so far. But you know what has been coming up for me is like I said in the beginning, these this idea of the different chapters of healing uh, from an eating disorder, because if I had um, maybe five, 10, no, not five, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, let's say, if I had learned that I would be on a like sort of a detox protocol, I would immediately think, uh, hello, eating disorder much, but it's clearly not from that perspective anymore. And this ties in very closely to how you look at things like detox and and, um, how you look at things like improving your health. Do you look at improving your health purely from a weight and aesthetic standpoint? Or are you looking at the whole picture? Are you more so interested in your like cellular health? Are you interested in your longevity? What your life is going to look like when you're 75 years old? These are the things that are more important to me now. Whereas 10 years ago, when I was deep into my eating disorder, health for me was a size, was a certain look that I was going for. So as I've healed, I mean, every everyone's always healing and it's, we're constantly evolving. But I started off when I first entered eating disorder treatment in a place where, um, well, I was following the eating disorders curriculum very closely. And when I went into treatment for my eating disorder, I was like all in, totally all in. I didn't want to waste my time. If I was going to do the treatment, I was really going to do it. And I was going to trust professionals and I was going to, you know, put my case in their hands and I was going to be their servant. (laughs) Not really, but kind of. Um, So I followed everything. I did the thing and it really worked at first. You know, Um, they make sure that they expose you to all different food groups and you are required to eat desserts. And let me tell you, um, the dessert options they give you are trash. (laughs) 
Uh, it's like bottom of the barrel ice cream sandwich or a uh, questionable pudding. And you have to eat it. You just have to. It's a, it's a mindset thing of I can eat this and I am not going to be a worse person for it. I can eat this and nothing horrible is going to happen to me. I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to live my life. This is not an emergency. If I eat something that is something that my disorder disagrees with. Anyway, that was phase one. Phase one was going all in with the treatment. Phase two, when you come out of treatment, is like this veil has been lifted and suddenly your diet becomes so much more varied because the disordered voice in your head is gone, preventing you from eating certain things. Because part of having an eating disorder is being truly afraid to eat certain things and certain food groups. So now this is all available to you because that restrictive mindset is gone. Then things like regular dessert and junk food and just snacking at parties and all of those things are available to you, so you do it. And it's, I think, a very necessary part of healing and a necessary part of treatment. And there's absolutely no judgment in me saying this. It's just the truth of what happened. So I ate so many things that I don't anymore now because I've moved into the next chapter of healing, which is understanding, I think, I don't want to say this is the final, but this is sort of where I am now. This understanding that food truly does have an impact on us, like obviously. And what I choose to eat versus not eat has nothing to do with an eating disorder. It has nothing to do with diet culture. It has everything to do with trusting myself, knowing how I feel about certain foods or how I feel after consuming certain foods, knowing my values, but at the same time, having the flexibility and knowing that if I choose to eat something that I don't normally have in my home, it says nothing about me as a person. That's a huge, huge part of it is, for example, I don't keep things like soda in my home. We just, we don't consume it. But if we're at a party and someone says, hey, want to try this? I don't know. What is an alcoholic drink with Sprite in it? I don't drink, so I don't have no clue, but like Sprite and vodka or whatever. Hey, want to try this? I can try it and it's not going to be like this huge deal where I feel poisoned or impure because I've consumed something that I don't normally align myself with. It's it's a whole other game. But I think everyone sort of goes through these phases on their own at their different at a different pace. Some people kind of settle into one phase more so than the other and it's just about where you feel best where you feel most comfortable and where you feel most confident making choices for yourself, for your body and for your health. But you know what else is interesting and really important to be mindful of is that you can start to swing in the opposite direction again. And I've seen this happen over and over again with this whole non-toxic movement where you finally get to this place where you've healed from your eating disorder and you're okay with food and you're finally like, okay, I don't really strive to be thin anymore. I'm not after that. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to be healthy and make good choices about my food. So let's start, you know, let's move to more of a non-toxic lifestyle. And then you kind of get further and further down into the rabbit hole until you're completely obsessed with clean and non-toxic living. And now you're just as unhealthy as you were before because the mental load and the stress of making sure that everything is non-toxic. I mean, it's just as bad as the eating disorder, right? And I've seen this so much on Instagram and thankfully there's more awareness um, going around right now about this idea of like, 
a, the toxic lifestyle version of an eating disorder. But um, it's it's important to be aware of that. If you've come from that background of having disordered thoughts in, in the past, and I think all of this stems from that perfectionist mindset, that it's very easy to go way too far in the opposite direction. Because we know that either extreme is is not beneficial. So yes, I have made a lot of more non-toxic switches. Um, but I am definitely being mindful of that intersection between what's practical, what's healthy, what's affordable, what's within our means right now. So I have made a few a few switches. So I got an AquaTrue water purifier. It's a reverse osmosis water um, filter thing. <laughs> Um, it was an investment. It was expensive. I was originally going to get a Berkey, which is the most well-known water filter. Um, but there's been so much drama around Berkey recently. People talking about mold in their filters. People talking about how they just don't live up to their claims whatsoever. They're not certified. They're not this, they're not that. Um, there's a class action lawsuit against them right now. Uh, so I was like, I don't even want to deal with this. Nope, nope. So I got an AquaTrue because I love the Air Doctor air filters that we've had for a while. And it's the same mother company that makes the AquaTrue water filter. So I did go with that. So far, so good. Definitely a taste difference. And uh, the reason I started with water, I was like, well, I drink water every day. So that's an exposure I've got every day because our city's water, if you look it up online, it, it there's it's gross. It is so gross. It is so bad. <laughs> the quality is horrible. So I got a water um, filter. That was the first thing. I also switched our bedding. I was thinking like in terms of prioritizing what I wanted to switch to, I was prioritizing things that I spend the most time doing. So everyday things, things that are on my body or in my body all the time. And bedding was another thing. We happen to already have a massive rip in one of um, our, I think, our fitted sheets. So we just, wait, I need to bring this up. Are you a flat sheet person? We have recently ditched flat sheets altogether. And let me tell you, it is so much better. I don't know if this is a generational thing, but fitted sheet and then comforter, 100%. Flat sheets be darned. Bye-bye. Um, anyways, <laughs> total aside, we took advantage of the fact that King or our, our sheets already had a rip in it. We needed to replace it anyway. So we went with cozy earth bedding, which is completely organic bamboo bedding. And if you think about it, I mean, my face is on my pillowcase all day, like literally breathing in whatever is in your pillow. So I think it's pretty important. So bedding, that was the other thing. Those are the big major ones. I've I've made a couple other swaps, things like purity coffee, because again, I drink coffee every day. And coffee is a really, uh, well, it's known for being moldy. I hate to break it to you. If you've got coffee that's been sitting there for a while on the shelf in, in your kitchen, and you've got ground beans that are a little bit moist sitting there, it's going to accumulate mold. So Purity Coffee rigorously tests for mold, heavy metals. They um, publish all of their reports on their website. So it's very transparent. I definitely have a lot of trust in that company and a couple other things here and there. But honestly, those are the main ones. I'm not going hog wild. I've got to work with my budget. I've got to know what's practical for me. Also, this is another huge life update, but we're moving this year probably most likely because uh my husband's career is shifting yet again uh so we're not gonna need to stay in Tennessee any longer I've 
we're still trying to figure out where we're going to go next. I'm looking for this perfect combination, but I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. I need somewhere that has mountains, but grass. So not the total desert. I need grass, mountains. I need a decent amount of rain, but I don't want it to get cold in the winter. <laughs> and I need it to be affordable. This place does not exist, okay? I know this. I know this, but your girl can dream. So if you have any recommendations, please feel free to shout them out. I asked about this on Instagram, and the most common answer was the Carolinas, then Arizona. Depending on where you are in Arizona, you will have drastically different climates, but the Phoenix area, it's great and hits all of those marks for the most part, except for grass and rain. Uh, But then it gets dreadfully hot in the summer. So I don't know. I don't want any extreme weather. That's the part I left out. No extreme weather. I'm over tornadoes because where we live right now has a freakishly high amount of tornadoes and wind. I did not know this about Tennessee when we moved here. Like who thinks to look up, is this area known for extreme winds that will traumatize you and terrify your children? You know, it wasn't on my list. So don't want any of that. But you can't have you can't have the perfect place. There's pros and cons to everything. So we're moving probably this year. So we don't want to waste money on any huge investments for our home, like a whole whole house water filtration system. Maybe in our forever home, but this ain't it. While we're still in this military life, so that that's it, y'all. I don't even say y'all. Why do I say y'all when I'm on this podcast? It's the Virginian in me coming out. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up here. Those are all my updates. Um, I can't wait to talk to you next week. It's been fun. It's been real. If you have any questions, let me know. And I'll see you next time. For more from me, check out my website at www.courtneykeepingbalance.com or join the fun on Instagram at Courtney Keeping Balance. And from there, you can sign up for my free newsletter or browse any of my free resources or courses. See you next time. Thanks for listening.